Welcome to our study of Hebrews chapter 3 here on the Radio Bible Course. Today we begin with Hebrews chapter 3 verse 14. It reads, For we share in Christ, if only we hold our first confidence firm to the end. While it is said today, when you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. Who were they that heard and yet were rebellious? Was it not all those who left Egypt under the leadership of Moses? And with whom was he provoked forty years? Was it not with those who sinned, whose bodies fell in the wilderness? And to whom did he swear that they should never enter his rest? But to those who were disobedient? So we see that they were unable to enter because of unbelief. What a sad commentary about God's people, to whom God displayed all his wonderful works for forty years in the wilderness. They didn't believe God. Now the writer is giving the Hebrews a warning, and he tells them we share in Christ if only we hold our first confidence firm to the end. There were Hebrews who claimed that they were following Jesus Christ, but their confidence was not certain. They were leaning back toward Judaism and depending upon the sacrifices and the priests and the religion of Judaism to support them before God. Their faith was getting weak, and here is a warning that is necessary. I like to think that these Hebrews were really falling from grace. Falling from grace doesn't mean falling into sin. It means falling away from complete dependence upon the Savior. That expression comes out of Galatians chapter 5, and it is misused today. We refer to an evangelist who has fallen into sin as falling from grace. That is very inaccurate. If he were trying to be better than Christ had made him, then he would be falling from grace. That was the case of the Galatians. The Galatians were not sinning. They instead were trying to perfect themselves. They were trying to be more religious than Christ had made them. And that's what Paul said was falling from grace. That seems to be what the Hebrews were doing also. Now, verse 14 repeats verse 6. Verse 6 said, Today when you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion on the day of testing in the wilderness. And we have that same thing here in verse 14. Apparently, some of these Hebrews were attracted to the gospel for various reasons, but soon were turning back to Judaism. They don't share Christ, he tells us. Now, who were the rebels that are mentioned in verse 16? The question is, who were they that heard and yet were rebellious? And he answers his own question. Was it not all those who left Egypt under the leadership of Moses? And with whom was he provoked forty years? Was it not with those who sinned, whose bodies fell in the wilderness? He is indicting all of the children of Israel, the very people who heard and followed Moses. And he's demonstrating that people under the banner of God can be unbelievers. They not the Egyptians or the Canaanites, are blamed for testing God. The devil in Matthew chapter 4 tried to get Jesus to tempt God. 
How? By suggesting that if Jesus threw himself down from the pinnacle of the temple, God would send angels to rescue him, lest he dash his foot against a stone. We can't be testing God. Israel tested God continually. The Pharisees in the first century tested God. When they spoke to Jesus, they insisted on a sign. They had a word from the Father. And they saw the signs that he did, but yet they were not satisfied. They wouldn't receive the word, and they wanted another sign. And Jesus finally told them that no other sign would be given except the sign of the prophet Jonah. For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the fish's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The word of the Son of God was not enough for those religious people. Now when we won't proceed in faith, depending on his promise alone, and thinking that we need to do something in addition to the promise in order to win God's favor, then we too are tempting God. Now in this final paragraph of Hebrews chapter 3, the writer is thinking about numbers 13 and 14. Who were they that heard and yet were rebellious? Was it not all those who left Egypt under the leadership of Moses? And with whom was he provoked forty years? Was it not with those who sinned, whose bodies fell in the wilderness? And to whom did he swear that they should never enter his rest, but to those who were disobedient? So we see that they were unable to enter because of unbelief. Now, Numbers, that is the book of Numbers, chapters 13 and 14, tells us about how twelve spies were sent from Kadesh Barnea into southern Palestine to spy out the land. They came back with a report. Ten of them reported that it was a good land, but they said they saw giants and various tribal inhabitants. Two of the spies, Caleb and Joshua, came back and said, We can take it. We have God's promise. And they said, Let us go up at once and occupy it, for we are well able to overcome it. They knew that God was on the side of the children of Israel if they would go. But in Numbers chapter 14, verses 1 through 4, we read about how they murmured. Listen to it. That night all the people of the community raised their voices and wept aloud. All the Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron, and the whole assembly said to them, If only we had died in Egypt or in this desert. Why is the Lord bringing us to this land only to let us fall by the sword? Our wives and children will be taken as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to go back to Egypt? And they said to each other, We should choose a leader and go back to Egypt. These people had no faith, and this action displeased God, and God sent judgment. Later in Numbers chapter 14, God said, Not one of the men who saw my glory and the miraculous signs I performed in Egypt and in the desert, but who disobeyed me and tested me ten times, not one of them will ever see the land I promised on oath to their forefathers. No one who has treated me with contempt will ever see it. 
But because my servant Caleb has a different spirit and follows me wholeheartedly, I will bring him into the land he went to, and his descendants will inherit it. God indeed was angry with these people, and we read in verse 36 that the men Moses had sent to explore the land who returned and made the whole community grumble against him by spreading a bad report about it, these men, responsible for spreading the bad report about the land, were struck down and died of a plague before the Lord. Of the men who went to explore the land, only Joshua, son of Nun, and Caleb, son of Jephunneh, survived. Not only did judgment fall on the spies, but it also fell on the people. And in verse 31 we read, As for your children that you said would be taken as plunder, I will bring them in to enjoy the land you have rejected. But you, your bodies will fall in this desert. Your children will be shepherds here for forty years, suffering for your unfaithfulness, until the last of your bodies lies in the desert. For forty years... One year for each of the forty days you explored the land, you will suffer for your sins and know what it is like to have me against you. I, the Lord, have spoken, and I will surely do these things to this whole wicked community which has banded together against me. They will meet their end in this desert. Here they will die. Now returning to Hebrews chapter 3, in verse 18, we read, And to whom did he swear that they should never enter his rest, but to those who were disobedient? That word disobedient means not convinced or persuaded. We have the same word in John chapter 3, verse 36. He who believes in the Son has eternal life. He who does not obey the Son shall not see life the wrath of God rests upon him. There's a contrast here between believing the Son and disobeying the Son. But the disobedience is the failure to believe. Not obeying is in contrast to believing. It is not concerned with keeping laws or any kind of moral behavior. Everything focuses on believing God. Someone might say, but it says they were disobedient. But it's confirmed that this means unbelief by verse 19. Notice, so we see that they were unable to enter because of what? Because of unbelief. Salvation in the Bible, friends, is based on belief. Those who believe God get eternal life, and those who don't believe God received the wrath of God. We learn this way back in the Old Testament in Genesis 15, where it tells us Abraham believed God. The rest of the Bible confirms that God was pleased with Abraham because he did nothing else than believe him. God is looking for people who will believe him. He doesn't need workers. He needs believers and once he has a believer, he has what his heart delights in. Jesus Christ came proclaiming a message of faith. It was good news that if men would believe in him, they would have eternal life. 
In all of our study, we must not forget the simplicity of the gospel, that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. And now listen to the contrast. Whoever believes in him is not condemned. But whoever does not believe stands condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. Everything rests on faith. Either we believe it and receive the blessing, or we disbelieve it and receive the wrath of God. Here's something which may interest you. A few days ago, I talked to a couple of repairmen who came to my house. Before they left, I said, What did your church teach you when you were a child about what you needed to do to get to heaven? The first one said, Live by the Ten Commandments. And I asked, Is that all? Well, that's about all. We have to live right. You might be able to guess what the second man told me. You're right. He told me the same thing. Live by the Ten Commandments. It sounds like someone is preaching Moses instead of Jesus. Did you know that no apostle ever told anyone to keep the Ten Commandments in order to get to heaven? Our free booklet tells you what they told them. It's free. Ask for Heaven's Password. Until next week, this is Nick Calavota reminding you that the word gospel means good news. Our address is Radio Bible Courses, Post Office Box 14916, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, 70898. The website is rbcword.org.